Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by Turn of Tennis. Remember, if you guys want to get yourselves the only grip that gets tackier when you sweat, the only grip whose iconic blue color is a trademarked part of the product, you can join the Turn of Tennis family by contacting sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. You mentioned we here at Cracked Racket sent you the hook you up with college pricing, the hook you up with some free samples, and most importantly, they'll treat you like family, which is all we can ever ask of our sponsors. We are so grateful for the continued support we get from our friends at Turner. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well. Contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that said, let's get into today's Ace of the Day segment. And as always, I want to start with a recap of yesterday's picks. Was an incomplete day one at the 2021 Wimbledon. You look at the results we had from our picks. 1-0-4 overall. The one pick that finished ended up as a victory. Unfortunately, we had four of our aces go incomplete on the day. I should say five. Three of them were futures bets, so we knew those weren't going to end on day one. But our two parlays on the day, we'll say halfway to the finish line, and that actually puts us in a position, a discussion we can have on a different time, the merits of hedging those bets, picking the other way just to ensure you get a little money in your pocket. But you look at the day one results, our one over on the day, over two and a half sets in uh, Victoria Golubic and Veronica Kudermatova, plus 138. That ends up hitting. Let's go. Victory for us. Strong start. One unit to win, 1.38. Always good to start in the positives. Our two parlays on the day, again, haven't lost yet. That's always good news. Katie Bolter ends up pulling up out a three-set victory over Danielle Lau. Meanwhile, Fabio Fodini 
uh, up two sets to love on Albert Ramos. Vanola is the last leg of that parlay. Denis Shapovalov has yet to begin his match, and it's worth noting Shapovalov was a minus 530 favorite when we did these picks yesterday, currently down to minus 420. Cole Schreiber's odds have risen, but still, he's about plus 220. So if we wanted to, if we're confident Fonini's going to get over the finish line, which I think he is, we hedge our bets there. We put two units on Cole Schreiber at plus 230 now. If we, if Cole Schreiber ends up losing, we only end up winning 0.6 instead of the 2.6 we would win if we stick to our guns. And that's what I would end up doing in this bet because I do still feel pretty confident in Shapovalov. But if you're in this for the money, perhaps you just want to hedge your bets. Winning something is better than winning nothing. We're in a position to do so on that bet. We're also in a position to hedge on parlay number two. Lloyd Harris, minus 175 over Barankas. He leads two sets to love before that match was suspended due to darkness. Now, part two of that plus 121 parlay is a Dan Evans bet. He was minus 250 yesterday. He's minus 210 now. Lopez, about plus 150. If you did end up hedging, betting a unit on that at most, we would win point, what, uh, two units if Evans ends up winning, point three, uh, point five units if Lopez ends up winning. Again, those are on the margin profits. But again, if you're in this for the money, profits are better than no profits. So, you know, nothing wrong with a good hedge, taking your winnings, moving on to the next day. But that's your up, update of day one's results. We're 1-0-4, four, four bets to keep an eye on as play begins tomorrow. You know, a couple of them futures again, but we're plus 1.38 units overall through day one of the event. That sets up an action-packed day two. And of course, here at Wimbledon, you have the first round spread out over three days. Part of that, a byproduct of the rain we saw here on day number one, meant a bunch of the matches got pushed back a day. There's just no way they're going to get through all of them on the schedule. So I believe some of those first round matches have already been pushed back to Wednesday. But nevertheless, I think we have at least 64 singles matches between the men's and women's events spread out throughout the day. So many fantastic matches to pick from. It's a tricky day. I won't lie as I was looking through the board. It, you know, I had to create a couple of options for myself. I have those options available for all of you listeners today with that in mind. Let's get into today's podcast. Here are my picks for my GSP aces of the day. Let's start with the over-unders I see on the board. And I have two. I'm going to end up making my aces, but... I think we're going to see a bunch of close matches unfold. In particular, it wouldn't surprise me if we see some seeds pushed because, again, they're young seeds, and we just haven't seen a big sample size of these players on grass courts after the no-grass court season in 2020. So on the women's side, you know, matches like Andrescu-Cornet over two and a half sets plus 135. Seems like Bianca Andrescu always ends up playing close matches. Alize Cornet coming off of a very good uh, warm-up event where I believe she ended up beating Garbine Muguruza 7-6 in the third, uh, played, I think, Conteve pretty close as well. That You know, again, Andrescu has one career win in, uh, I don't know why I'm saying again, I suppose I'm saying again as if you've heard me say that stat on a other one of our Crack Rackets podcasts. If you haven't, Andrescu has one career WTA level win on grass courts. While she's got all of the skills to succeed, certainly Cornet has more experience on the surface, plus 135, intriguing but I just, I don't, I'll say Cornet matches. You never know what's going to happen. Ditto, honestly, with Bianca Andrescu. So I'm staying away from that one. 
Ostapenko Fernandez over two and a half sets is a gut feeling. Now, if we see the Ostapenko we saw last week, who won the warm up event, who blitzed through Conteve, who beats Daria Kasakina, who plays just outstanding tennis all week long, then she should win the match in straight sets because it's on her racket. She's got the power advantage over Layla Fernandez. Fernandez, a ton of skills, but again, not a big sample size of WTA level grass court matches, not a big sample size of Grand Slam matches in her career. And again, while the lefty plays tricky tennis in the outer thirds, will she be overwhelmed by the heaviness of that Ostapenko ball this early in her career? Certainly, you can see the case for that. Ostapenko is everyone's dark horse pick. But Leila Fernandez has skills, and I think the more pace you provide her, the better her ball is going to end up looking. Her ability to take that ball early, absorb and redirect your pace, hit to the outer thirds, be decisive in her shot selection, mix up her targets as well, I could see it giving Ostapenko some troubles. So plus 170 there, the over two and a half sets. I'm keeping my eye on that. That's a big number as well. I'm going to stay away because I do think Ostapenko is playing so well, and you know, again, perhaps a letdown match is in store for all of us. But I'm going to say no. I think this Ostapenko is prepared to make a run here at this Wimbledon event. In terms of some of the other ones, I think they're obvious. As we know, Bernardo Pera only plays three-set matches, so plus 165 against now Habino, who she's the favorite against intriguing to me. Samsonova Kanepi, there's a lot of power in that match. Could get streaky. Plus 155. Interesting. Pagula versus Garcia. Well, uh, that's an even match. Uh, Certainly Garcia, the experience advantage. Pagula, the recent uh, level of play, the recent results advantage, but haven't seen Pagula much on grass. Plus 155. That's interesting. Risk Martin Sova. Interesting just because of the lack of sample size for Ali Risk. Donna Vekic Potapova. Plus 135. That feels like a sure thing. Couple last two, Krechikova versus Tossin. I just love the game of young Clara Tossin. She's got huge weapons, and Krechikova likes to play some rally balls. And if she leaves the ball in the center, I think Tossin could make her pay for it again, as we saw for Stefano Tsitsipas, that transition from the clay courts to the grass courts. So difficult for anyone to make. Plus 145, interesting odds on the over there. But again, I'm going to stay away just because Grand Slam champion versus a ju- uh, a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, I don't want to say a junior, former world junior number one, but someone still very close to their junior days. Yelene Krechikova, but I could see that match going the distance. And then Sasnovich-Serena. Why not? I mean, Serena... She struggles early in these slams to find her rhythm. That's always been the case even in her heyday, now perhaps more so than ever, uh, just finding her rhythm. She hasn't played a grass court match yet in these past four weeks. And, you know, again, I could see Sasnovich, her power tennis, just her uh, ability to take some rips at the ball, giving Serena, stealing a set, some troubles. And I think Serena gets through. But plus 250, that's a number I thought I'd bring to your attention. Uh, those are the overs on sets on the women's side, on the men's side. They're all over three and a half sets. And I wish I would have hit on some of these. The problem is the numbers just aren't that great. They all range from minus 177 to minus 200. You know, Demon Hour Korda over three and a half sets. That feels like a sure thing. Ditto for like a Rusevori Green or a Query PCB. But those numbers just aren't that appealing. Appealing. Johnson Novak minus 200, no thanks. Musetti Hercots minus 182. Interesting, but no thanks. Fritz Nakashima, minus 180. Brandon Nakashima is a minus 200 favorite over Taylor Fritz. And I know he just had, I believe, meniscus surgery, and he's still coming off of that. And movement has never been the best part of Taylor Fritz's game. 
But like that serve, those weapons against an inexperienced Nakashima, the California rivalry, the American tennis rivalry, Fritz thinking, I'm a class above you, I am your peer, let me show you, or I'm not even your peer, I'm just better than you, let me show you why. I think that could get an inspired performance from Fritz. I think we see at least four sets in that match, minus 180, appealing. But now let's get to the actual aces of the day. And I know that was a big setup there, I do apologize, but I have two overs that are just a combination of too tempting and I think too accurate to pass up. Let's start with the bigger number, but the more accurate of the two. Over three and a half sets in Kyrgios Umber tomorrow. Now, A, I'm going to be watching that match no matter what. An additional excuse to do so. A little bit, uh, a few shekels on the match. Never a bad thing for us here at CRHQ. But, I mean, just look at the numbers. For Nick Kyrgios, in particular, you look, obviously, he beat Ugo Umber at the Australian Open. It was a five-set match. We just saw them play uh, a long-winded match. B, you look for Nick Kyrgios. Here are his last seven losses at the Grand Slams. Dominic Team five sets. Rafael Nadal, four sets. Rublev in three sets, but there were two tiebreakers. Nadal in four sets. Rayonich in straights, but there was a breaker. Federer in straight sets. And then I suppose Nishikori as well in straight sets. After that, you go Grigor, 2018 Australian Open. That was a four-set match, three breakers. Four sets in a loss to Millman. Four sets in a loss to Anderson. Kyrgios steals sets even when he loses matches. And when he wins matches, obviously, he's not afraid to drop a set as well and, you know, get through that. And again, this is a bet on both of their levels being high enough that we do see a couple of tiebreakers over the course of four sets. And we do see Kyrgios just serve his way to one of them. But then I could also see perhaps in a first set early in the match because we haven't seen Nick Kyrgios play since Australia that there's a little bit rust of rust early on. And he lets up an early break and Umber closes out that set 6-3. I just think Kyrgios will win a set in a tiebreaker, and Umber will win a set when he gets an early break of Kyrgios in a set, and Kyrgios just lets that set get away from him. And of course, the numbers for both of these players, pretty good on grass courts. Kyrgios 27-16 and 16 in his career on the surface. Of course, the big breakthrough came back in 2014 when he beat Nadal, beat Gasquet on his way to the quarterfinals before he lost to Rayonic, made round of 16-2015, round of 16-2016, made round of 32 2018 round of 64 2019 before he lost in three uh four sets to Nadal this is the slam where he performs best and it makes sense why that serve his aggression his decisiveness his athleticism his touch it's a game perfectly tailored for these grass courts and you know, obviously, again, that 27-16 and 16 record, that's about as experienced as you're going to find for a lot of these players in this draw in terms of grass court ATP level experience. Meanwhile, for Ugo Bear, certainly the hotter hand of the two players, 29-20 and 20 in his last 52, coming off of that grass court title in Hala, 16-7 and 7 in his career on grass courts, and he has also made a round of 16 at Wimbledon in his career. Again, I just think this match, even levels, I know we haven't seen Kyrgios in six months, but I just think he is going to be prepared for this event, this stage. I think he serves his way to a set. I think Umber ultimately beats him, but give me over three and a half sets in this match. Minus 186, not great odds. We're going to throw a unit on it to win 0.57 units in return. Again, not huge, but I'm going to be watching the match no matter what. I want some action on it, and I want this match to go over three sets. So let's take the over three and a half sets in that one. And then I suppose the slightly more controversial pick of the two, 
Give me over three and a half sets in Federer Manorino tomorrow. That's right, folks. I think Manorino steals a set off Roger. And, you know, the Manorino side of the argument, I think, is pretty straightforward. You look in his career, he's 145 and 167 on hard courts. It's a 46% win percentage. He's 14 and and 49 on clay courts that's a 22% win percentage. He is 53 and 37, a 59% win percentage in his career in ATP level on grass courts. It makes sense. That racket is strung at 25 pounds. It's a little flick of the wrist. He keeps that ball so low, so flat. He's so aggressive. He takes that ball early. He looks comfortable moving on the surface as well. I mean, this is the surface that produces the best tennis for Adrian Manorino. And you look, obviously, in the warm-up, he had some success. He beat Struff. He beat Team. He beat Feliciano Lopez. Uh, well, Team was a withdrawal, actually down 5-2. But still, he beat Lopez and Struff on his way to the Mallorca semifinals in Queens Club. He beat Liam Brody, who looked excellent in his first-round victory before bowing out in a tight match to Dan Evans. Uh, obviously, in his career, he's made a round of 16 at Wimbledon, did so in 2018 before getting knocked out by Federer. He's made a couple of finals in his career on grass as well. 2017 Antalya, 2018 Antalya as well. And then you look at the Roger Federer side of the equation. You know, that's the argument for Adrian Manorino. Obviously, his serve, you just look at the numbers in his career. It's 2%. His first serve's 2% more effective on grass courts. His second serve, 2% more effective. He holds serve 3.5% more frequently. He actually breaks serve with 2.4% more frequency. That is not what you often see. Normally, that break percentage goes down because, obviously, the grass surface amplifies the strength of player serves, but... Look, this is the surface that produces Adrian Manorino's best tennis. And of course, you would say the same about Roger Federer, who, by the way, 6-0 in his career against Manorino, 2-0 the two times they've played at Wimbledon, round of 16, 2018, he beat him in straights, 2011, round of 64, he beat him in straights. But this isn't that Roger Federer. And I just want to read Roger Federer 5-3 over his last 52. Here are his first matches at the events he's played. Dan Evans, Doha three-set match. He ends up winning 7-5 in the third, but he did drop a set. Round of 16, Geneva. Pablo Andahar. He loses that match in three sets. Yes, Roland Garros, he beat Istamin in straights, but we can all agree Manorino on grass is a much tougher opponent than Istamin on a clay court. Certainly, I think the better parallel is the Chilich match during which he dropped a set. He also dropped a set against Dom Kofer. He also dropped a set and loses the match against FAA. He plays Ilya Avashka 6-5. and five. Roger Federer plays close matches at this point, folks. And again, for Manorino, he is a lefty. He's going to be peppering balls into that backhand corner. I just think it's a bad enough matchup, and it's a rusty enough Roger Federer that we're going to see Federer drop a set. Now, again, I think he wins the match. But I do think he drops the set. Minus 117 odds to go over three and a half sets is far too tempting to pass up. So we're going to do it. One unit on that to win 0.86. Again, not the biggest bets on our over-unders, but I feel pretty good about both of these over-unders. Kyrgios Umber, minus 186 to go over three and a half sets. One unit to win 0.57. Over three and a half sets in Federer Manorino, minus 117. One unit to win 0.86. Those are your two over-unders on the days. 
Now, of course, I can't let you go without a parlay. And again, early round action, the money lines are just a little tough. I don't see any underdogs I love, so I had to come up with a couple of parlays. I actually have four options on the board. A Sandgren Nori Conteve, a Konya Tomjanovic, a Konya Tomjanovic and Kerber, and a Kostyuk Lee and Pliskova, all money line parlays. The ones I'm going to end up going with, I know that was a lot of names, don't worry. I'm going to clarify that now. We're going with options one and four. We're going option one, Sandgren, Nori, Conteve. The arguments here for Tennis Sandgren, minus 180 over Norbert Gombos now, you know, for Tennis Sandgren, hasn't been the best numbers of late in his last 52. You look for him overall, he's 11 and 21, but you look for him at Grand Slams in his career now for uh, Tennis Sandgren. He's worked his way to 20 and 19 overall, and that includes qualifying results, but still, you look at the last couple of slams, round of 16, Wimbledon 2019, round of 32 U.S. Open, quarterfinals 2020 Australian Open, beats Hercots to make the second round, 2020 Roland Garros. You know, his other losses, first rounds to Federer, Demonauer, and Djokovic in his uh, last, th- or excuse me, Bautista, Gut, Demonauer, and Djokovic were all first round losses for him, but those are all top you know, 20 seeds, and for Demon Hour, it was a first-round match at the Australian Open. Certainly, those conditions, summer hard court, that's a surface Demon Hour has success on, but again, we've seen the physicality of Tennis Sandgren, A, I think translates really well in the 3 out of 5 set format. B, you look for him in his career, 9 and 8 overall on grass versus his opponent in Norbert Gombos, who hasn't been great by any stretch of the imagination. 24 and 23 over his last 52 was a lucky loser into Eastbourne. He lost to Mikhail Emer in straight sets, then lost to Alexi Popperin in three. You look for him in his career, 8 and 11 on grass, and you know, he's never won a match at Wimbledon. He's made the main draw now. One, two, three different times. So 0-2 in his two matches, losses to Kevin Anderson and Andreas Seppi. I just like Sandgren in the three out of five set format. And you look for Sandgren here in the warm-up to this event. He uh Makes or wins a match over Munar before. I thought playing a really fun physical match against Kasparud. He ultimately lost three and four in the round of 16, but I thought he played pretty well there. And again, physically, I just think he's up for the test. I think these Grand Slams bring out his best tennis and. You know, again, I just think he will do enough. He moves well enough. He moves the ball around the court well enough. He'll be able to absorb everything Gombos throws at him. Give me Sandgren as part one of the parlay, minus 180 over Gombos. I think the argument for Nori over uh, Lucas Puy can be pretty short at this point. Nori, 41 and 21 in his last 52 finalist in Queens Club. He's playing the best tennis of his career, up to a new career high of number 34, physically locked in. And, you know, you look at the last grand slams for him round of 32 at Roland Garros round of 32 at the Australian Open he's the number 29 seed seated at a slam for the first time and obviously he faces a guy in Luca Pui who has had success on the grass courts before but is 7 and 12 in his last 52 and you know lost to Troisky and Chelik Bellic in Queens Club and Stuttgart qualifying respectfully now those were three set losses but Cam Norrie's on a far different level than those players right now and I just think Norrie course of five sets will work him to the outer thirds will make the match physical will be able to absorb that pace of Pui and redirect that ball and just keep Pui uncomfortable 
Give me Nori in that match, minus 455, and then to juice the odds, I'm going to throw in Annette Conteve over Marketa Vandrusova. You look for Conteve in her, for her right now, 31 and 15 in her last 52, 37 and 26 in her career at Grand Slams, 34 and 18 in her career on grass courts. 60 percent win percentages are higher across the board. She is the same player, rock solid off of both wings. Meanwhile, Marketa Vandrusova, 4-10 on these grass courts. I think that first service, or that second service is going to hang on these courts. I don't know if she's got the pop to really take advantage of this surface. Of course, again, uh, her drop shot effectiveness amplified when she can disguise it well enough. But, you know, again, uh, the way she moves the ball around the court is so much more effective on a, on a clay court than it is a grass court. I just think Conteve more powerful, in better form. I think she wins this match. Sandgren, Nori, Conteve on the money lines, minus 180, minus 455, minus 286. You parlay them together. Gets you to plus 157. That's parlay number one. We're going to throw two units on that. Again, if anyone screws us, I think it's Sandgren uh, screws us. I, it's my own fault for betting on him, but I say if anyone loses in this, I think it's Sandgren because Gombos has been playing pretty solid of late, does have some weapons, but... I think Sandgren, Nori, Conteve all get the job done, plus 157 money line parlay, two units on that to win 3.14. That's ace of the day number three, ace of the day number four. Give me Anaconia over Sarah Cerebez Tormo. I just, you know, Cerebez Tormo has actually been sneaky good uh, on grass courts in her career, 15 and 14, and, you know, just made the semifinals of Bad Hamburg, where she... Pretty soft draw, beats Doi, beats Trevisan before getting a withdraw from Victoria Azarenka. But you look for her in her career. You know, she beat Kanepi at Wimbledon back in 2018. And, you know, she has, made, you know, did made that run through qualifying. And, you know, she uh, has made the final of 100K on grass. The Manchester 100K uh, ended up losing to Own Jabour in the final of that event. She just physically, she's such a tough out always. And, of course, 32 and 17 in her last 52, despite the fact that before. For this grass court season, she lost six of eight matches at one point during the clay court portion of the year. The problem is, I just don't think she has a big enough weapon to hurt Anaconia. And if you let Konya load in the center of the court, you're done for. And of course, Anaconia, former round of 16 uh, appearance at Wimbledon back in 2017. Uh, I don't think there's any reason, again, that power tennis, her weapons, grass court should fit her like a hand in a glove. Minus 195 over Cerebus Tormo. That's leg number one. I'm a bit concerned with leg number two, Alia Tamjanovic, minus 162 over Hreet Minin. You look in terms of their recent forms, Minin, uh, I believe 24 and 24 in her last 52, 12 and 5 on grass in her career versus Tamjanovic, 25, uh, who is 16 and 20 in her last 52, 25 and 23 in her career on grass. But I just thought the matches Tamjanovic played in the warm up to this event were, uh, in the lead up to this event, were pretty damn good. She beats Elisa Mertens in three sets in Birmingham before bowing out to Vandeweghe in three. She beats Lauren Davis comfortably before knocking out getting knocked out in the final round of qualifying to a very much inform and eventual semifinalist in Eastbourne in Camilla Georgie. I just think her length, her well-rounded skill set takes away everything Hreet Minin's going to do. I don't think Minin's got the big enough weapons to hurt Tom Janovich. Give me her in that match, minus 162. And then just to juice those odds to plus 200, we'll throw in Angelique Kerber, who I think all of us expect to make a deep run at this Wimbledon. Certainly, she's a prohibitive favorite, minus 455 over Nina Stojanovic tomorrow. Konya, Tomjanovic, Kerber parlayed on the money lines, plus 200 odds. Let's throw one unit on that to win two. 
two again. That's your that's your fourth ace of the day, and those are your aces of the day. Over three and a half sets in Kyrgios Umber, minus 186, one unit to win 0.57. Over three and a half sets in Federer Manorino, minus 117, one unit to win 0.86. Sandgren, Nori, Contave, Moneyline, Parlay, plus 157, two units to win 3.14, and then Aconia, Tomjanovic, Kerber, Parlay, plus 200, one unit to win two. Those are your aces of the day for Tuesday, June 29th. Of course, if you want to hear a more comprehensive breakdown of the action happening in London, tune on over to our mini break podcast. If you have missed out on any of the action, you can catch up on it all on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at CrackedRackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at GreatShotPod. A shout-out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westa, for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout-out, as well, to our friends at Turn a Tennis. Remember, contact sales at UniqueSports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind. For super producers Fliegner and Westhoff, our friends at Turna, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say? Hey, great shot, and may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone.